When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the Client Blue Podcast post-match reaction. My name's Dan Rowlands and I'm your host for this afternoon's show. Joined by, for the love of Paul McGrath's Neil Dunworth. Uh, Neil, I know you've just done your own podcast, so thanks for doing two in one session. Uh, if anyone has not seen Neil's thoughts and Paddy's, you can go and watch that. I'll leave a link down below. Uh, but you're obviously the host of your podcast, Neil, and you're the guest on mine, so I want to hear your opinions about what we've seen this afternoon. Uh, it's a one-all draw at Molyneux. Wolves away to head into the international break in fifth place and four games unbeaten now, I think, in the Premier League, which is pretty good going. But as you just said to me before we started, seems to be quite a bit of negativity on social media around this, this result. And I think you can come at it from two angles. You're either glass half full or glass half empty. And we'll decide which side of that, uh, uh, whatever the phrase is. Um, what is the phrase for that? What is that? Like, Is, is it a cliche? Yeah, I think it's just a saying. idiom? An idiom? Is that the right phrase? Oh, now you're getting into territory where I don't know what an idiom is. What did you call me? I hope you didn't mean it. <laughs> uh, whatever it is, anyway, we'll decide how we think, uh, what we think of that result. Uh, Neil, I know you've done a podcast already, so how are you? I'm doing good. As I say, I'm not, I'm not as as down the dumps over that game. I've been I've been way worse for games where we've played way better previously. Um, you know, I've I've got some thoughts in the game. Obviously, for anybody who who listened to our podcast, I I, I think that. Um, it was a turgid game. It was stodgy. It was made stodgy by the home team. Um, I think. I think the home. T- I think in the first twenty minutes, half an hour, um, the 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 Wolves fans. I thought made it a. They, they were. It was raucous more so than 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 impressive the way the way they supported. Um, but I think I think the overall inclination from Wolves today was to try and intimidate Aston Villa, try and yeah. maybe get the ref on their side. I thought the ref was flaky throughout the whole game. Um, he, like starting off with the Dawson McGinn, um, you know, pushing, mm-hmm. pulling, shoving, uh, trying to trying to get in the referee's good side or bad side situation there, and one of them playing the pantomime villain. You know, there was just there was a lot of side stories in this game, and mm-hmm. the football wasn't one of them because the football couldn't flow due to these side stories that were happening. And look, that, that happens sometimes. That happens in games where one team does wants to do everything but lose. Um, and then obviously when they got their goal, that really kind of changed the dynamic of the game. But uh, yeah, it was a strange game. It was a strange game that never really lifted off the ground. And um, I think that that's exactly the way that Wolves game planned it throughout the course of the week. Yeah, I said after the um, Zerinsky Mostar game about okay, whether the kind of slow tempo and that was intentional from us or whether it was a, a lack of quality. And I think we fell on the side that it was a not lack of quality is probably the wrong word, but you planned a disjointed side and had a bit of a disjointed performance. I think the game plan from Villa was, was fair to, to say the same happened in the first half that we didn't want to go down early doors either and concede to them and let that home crowd get raucous. 
Uh, I think that's important to know as well. I wondered whether the, the, the that was Villa's uh, game plan as well. Obviously, we're playing a, a back four, back five, sometimes a back six with Dean and uh, Cash dropping in, McGinn dropping in as well. Obviously, the back three with the centre-halves. Whether that was a bit of the game plan just to not let Wolves score early doors and almost not let what happened in the start of the second half happen at the very start of the game by letting them score in the first five or six minutes of that second half. Um, but it was just a very kind of... The game never got going, did it, in that first half. The second half was much better when Villa were better in it. But I think the first half was just a little bit of a, probably just write it off. I don't know if we need to talk too much about specifics of it because it was just tit for tat and no one really got going. Yeah, that's exactly like it was. It was. It was like a game of international football between mm. two very, very middling teams at times. There, both both formations cancelled cancelled each other out. Um, two teams playing three at the back, five in uh, um, five in midfield. Um, to some extent, obviously, with the with Wolves, two guys obviously pushing forward as much as they could. Um, and 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 Diaby, I thought for us was uh, like. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and I was delighted that he was starting, but I thought he was ineffectual throughout this game, probably because of the space wasn't there and maybe he wasn't 100% fit. Um, but I think that's really where the game came down to. Like There was a lot of ball in around the middle of the field. There was a lot of ball passed between the back trees, uh, both mm. back trees, uh, specifically ours. And uh, while we had the lion's share of possession, you know, you're kind of looking up in front of you and seeing block of 10 players in the middle of midfield going okay I'm going to have to go long here and then there was one we had one player up top against three pretty mobile centre halves and, and, and like the game just peters out in that instance there then you try and yeah. go through the middle of midfield somebody drags you down it's a free then you you know you take a short free kick and then there's two people on you straight away because it's just very congested and look I'm not. I'm not complaining about that. Uh, the the way that this, uh, that we set up, or the way that we've set up, but I think it's part of the, the evolution of this team is that we're going to have to learn how to play in games like that, be cuter in games like that. Uh, and I think as well, we're going to have to take that small bit of intimidation factor that Wolves obviously tried in the first and and early in second half uh, against us. Um, I think we're going to have to learn a bit from that, and maybe develop it into our arsenal. I don't think it's a new Emery staple, and he wants to go there too often, but. You know, there's a lot to be said for that kind of, uh, you know, get at a team and try and put that, yeah. try and push that team off their, off their rhythm, um, which yeah. it's not nice to see in every game, obviously, but there is a time and place for it sometimes. Um, and I hate Wolves for every second of it today, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've seen under Emery, haven't we, that we've found different ways of winning games and, and being a little bit aggressive and in the face of the opposition isn't one of those ways. We kind of not not crumble, but if someone does that to us, we do suffer a little bit and we, it looks like we don't have an answer for it when it, all it needs is somebody like McGinn to give a bit back. And that, that Dawson-McGinn thing was something at least, but there's probably a couple of players in that side that aren't up to that kind of fight maybe for want of a, a better phrase I don't want to use that as a, as a bit of an excuse because in the end we probably should have won the game because we, we you know we created chances sp- specifically in injury time um, but throughout the second half as well and we'll get to those in a little bit what did you make of the starting 11 um, do you think it was the right side Kamara coming back in Diaby coming back in yeah best best. it was the best starting 11 available to us at, uh, in this game I think I was agreed 
beating the drum for that back three to have Carlos Torres Conza. I want that back three to continue going forward. It's mm. probably not what a lot of people want to hear when I, when I say that. And, I, and I'm not doing it just trying to be controversial. I just think it makes us really solid. But we will have games like that, like we did today, whereby, you know, we will struggle but because of the bodies we'll have in midfield. And and and, and I expect him to chop, chop and change between the three at the back, four at the back situation, um, or the five at the back, whichever way you want to, want, to, want to call it when he plays with Carlos Torres and Conza in there. Um, I know that means that there's no place likely for the likes of Zaniolo, specifically if Diaby's fitting back on form. But um, And then what do we do with uh, with Jacob Ramsey, you know, within that yeah. team when we do play those three at the back? Um, they're kind of things that I'll worry about as the as the league goes on. Um, you know, the stability that that, that 11 gives us um, or gave us today um, has given us in the past. Um, I was happy with the 11. I, I, I genuinely, I couldn't fault it at all. Um, I think... The games we've played probably caught up with a couple of people as the game went on. Um, yeah. I see a couple of comments like that there as well. I did think Luis looked a small bit leggy for the first time in probably about 18 months since, since uh, you know, he's looked great. He's always looked energetic. Um, but then again, conversely, I think John McGinn ran at the same pace and speed and, and put in the same effort that he would have done for the first game of the season after, after um, having the whole summer off, you know. So I think there are players there that are looking forward to this uh to, to this break um and uh that's okay too you know if the, the human body isn't made to run at high octane for you know f once a day every four days five days you know for for um uh for 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 the whole lot of a season so you're going to have games when people are going to look leggy yeah, I totally agree. I think in hindsight, probably you could make an argument that Diaby was possibly rushed back a little bit. I don't yeah, think he looked anywhere anywhere near it. And he's, to be fair, he's had a couple of games where I thought, oh, need a little bit more from him. Um, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because he's clearly a, a quality player. Um, I have got comments now, by the way. I've opened a, a separate YouTube tab, so I can see them. There are people here. Uh, yeah. Mr. Cheesy Fire says, Louise and a few others look like he needed a rest. Uh, he was off it today by his standards. Uh, Liam Richards says a little silver lining we didn't lose at Molyneux Wolves were still riding high after beating City and they didn't play midweek I wanted a win of course but a hard fought point and I agree with that exactly and Raphael won't pronounce your last name because so I'll mess it up uh, thought it would be a point and a point it was and my pre-match prediction I said 2-1 Villa John said 1-1 so he got his spot on but I felt like a draw was probably the most um, obvious outcome really given the two sides Um and obviously, dependent on how the game unfolds, you you take that with a pinch of salt. But mm. Villa could have won that game in the end and probably should have with the chances that they made. Um, I'm going to skip all those, though, and go to the controversial one. The Watkins penalty, the shove in the back. What did you think? I think it's, I think it's a penalty. I, like, I said I said in, in, in our post-match, like, I'm watching Matt Doherty play for Ireland for the last, like, however many years. And he does that. He gets unbelievably handsy. He gets handsy when players go past him. He gets handy, handsy when players are are past him, and he's trying to trying to catch them. He's like we all know of a defender that's handsy, and he's one of them. And he's a fully outstretched arm to push Ali Watkins mm. off balance when he's taking a shot. For me, it's not even a question. And I don't think like I I, I know at the time a lot of people were saying, and look, I I don't disagree that. <laughs> That, that potentially you, you've seen the penalties given that, that where Neto went down under the challenge from Kamara. But 
for me, there two. There's a false equivalency between the two of them. One was a push, an actual push, when you know it, no chance of getting the ball. The other was somebody who got their body across the player. And I mm, think the genuine yeah. effort that Kamara made to to you know he didn't put his hand out. He got his body in the way. Was he maybe a step behind, a half a step behind, potentially? Yeah, but. Um, Matt Darty was doing nothing other than pushing Ali Watkins. It was just a push. And I think it's a penalty all day long. Could you argue it was a, a little bit soft in that Watkins doesn't it's not a big enough contact for him to actually go down? Possibly. You push a player like like he's in the middle of taking a shot and he gets pushed. Yeah. You know, it's I'm trying to fr- fr- I fully agree it was a penalty. You look look, you 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 can make the argument. I'm just not like as I say, and I'm not saying that look. This, like I'm not up in arms over it here. I'm not flipping over tables or anything like that. I've seen I've seen other penalty decisions that have been way worse. But like like there was nothing else that Matt Doherty was doing there other than pushing him off balance. He wasn't trying to hold himself up. He wasn't trying to 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 support himself so he could make a tackle. He was just pushing the player. It was that yeah. simple. You know, I've seen him do it. Count, I've seen him do it loads of times for Ireland. Obviously not in the penalty area, but you've just seen him. He gets really handsy, and that's what he does. Um, but anyway, well, if that's, look, if that's say, on the halfway line and somebody's about, about oh, to definitely, you know, go on a break, definitely. it's a yellow card without question, isn't it, in a foul? Definitely, 100%. Yeah. So Lamina uh, got sent off. Yeah. Lamina's um, pulling the shorts mm-hmm. of Zaniolo. I don't think that's a second yellow. But he got it and he got sent off. You know, so if that's a second, if that's a yellow card offence in the middle of in the middle of the field, <laughs> you know, you get it. You could say it was soft. You could say it was a soft push, but a push is a push. Like put it this way: Bruno Fernandez gets that penalty. Yeah, yeah. Man United generally get it, don't they? Whoever, whoever yeah. it is. Uh, anyway, yeah. I think the, the. I mean, what did you make of the referee as a whole? Just. A crap performance again is you know we could copy and paste that for every podcast that we do really I, I'm never impressed by the refereeing teams ever mm. just a lack of consistency is the thing that's really frustrating because sometimes they're given sometimes they're not yeah yeah look as I say um, I don't think it's the finding aspect of the game but as I say no, 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 no. it was a penalty like I and the reason I like I said at the start I think we played a lot better than than um than the general consensus is. And that's not me being trying to be controversial or go against the grain or anything. There's been times whereby I've been far I've been way down on, on a performance than than other people. And once again, like I just think it's a desperately it was a desperately difficult game to play. And the referee played his part to making it difficult um because I thought he was erratic. Um but you know, at the end of the game does that like we we looked the better team. We finished the strong we finished stronger. Their goal I can't remember the question that you asked me, so this is why I'm trying to fill fill in time. Because my my head, I was messing with my uh, with my AirPods case, and I knocked the audio off, so I couldn't hear the question that you asked me. So I'm just going to stop trying to fill time and ask you, what did you ask me then? Uh, it's a good question because I've forgotten my own question. Uh, honestly, I, as you were talking, I was reading comments for the next section, so I, okay. I obviously can't remember what I asked okay. you in the first place. So well, let's just scrap all we'll, that and move on. We'll pretend you asked me about their goal. Let's, let's yeah, of course, that's what that. I asked. Let's yes, pretend. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. As I say, I, I've for for their goal. Look, Pedro Neto has been on the been on the radar of Liverpool, Arsenal, and ourselves. Yeah. Um, reportedly, obviously, reportedly, uh, recently, and the reason he's on people's radars is because guess what? He's a pacey winger. He is fast. He is faster than ninety percent of the of the players in the Premier League, uh, and I think um, you know there's there's always a and I'm not being overly protective of Paul Torres um, with regards to this, but when a defender who or when a, a, a 
midfielder who's five foot eight and is known for their pace has a run of steam before he gets to the, the center half who needs to turn and get back to him. I don't think Potaris was absolutely left for dead either. Hmm. You know, it, it's a, it was one faster player going up against a player who wasn't as fast as him. And Potaris gets gets back with him, but albeit that he still gets his cross in. Now, the cross for me, the, so for me, the issue here was the element of luck within that goal was the flick off Dina's heel was just enough to bring it into yeah. Chan's path. If that flick doesn't happen, Chan doesn't get on the end of that ball and it goes across the, across the goals. Look, and as I say, that's just the unluckiness from this. But Neto put himself in that position. He used his pace. He backed himself. Like Moussa Diaby, we don't expect uh, when Moussa Diaby is back up to full fitness, if we can get a one-on-one like that with, a, with Moussa Diaby in the centre half, there won't be many centre halves will stick with him either. So it's not an Aston Villa um, an Aston Villa centric issue or a Pau Torres centric issue. Um, there was a lot of distance between them when Neto started to run as well. So he was up to approaching full speed and the centre half has to turn around. You know, you have to turn around no matter who you are. Um, but look, it's uh, th- their goal was fortunate, I think, from that aspect. Chan was dead, clinically dead, I think, um, only 90 seconds before it. Uh, but uh, miraculous things happened. And uh, he sn- he snorted his uh, his bandage out of his nose as a celebration. Um, and the uh, Wolves were 1-0 up. But... Uh, it, it was our, it was our reaction to the goal. I was more happy with than I was happier with our reaction to the goal. Than I was disappointed about the concession of their goal because yeah. I think their goal kind of came out of nothing. I don't think we were caught sleeping or anything. I think there was an element of fortune um, in parts of it as well. But um, you just you, you still don't like to concede those goals either for obvious reasons. You, know, you don't yeah, like to concede I, them. I totally agree. And I said in our preview show, I think Neto is a top six footballer so you know having him run at you and be a problem is nothing to be ashamed about and I don't particularly have a problem with Torres for that goal really I don't think there's a major issue there to be concerned about and obviously he's the one that goes and scores the equaliser which is a nice bit of poetic justice if nothing else but yes yeah great finish um in the first half as well we had a a couple of chances didn't we we were the better side from the stats that I think we had something like eight shots in the first half, but only one or two on target. Uh, Cash had one, didn't he? McGinn had that long range effort just to go past the post. Um, and Rol- and Wolves' goal did come against the run of play, really. Um, and that's when I was started starting to get concerned that that's how I expected the game to start if Villa did come out of the box that Wolves score early, their crowd gets up for it and we have a whole 90 minutes to play and it'd be really horrible to, to, to be there. Um, and I was worried that that was what the second half was going to become once they scored their goal. Their fans are going crazy, as you would expect, anti-Villa songs, which is annoying, if nothing else. Oh, I don't really care about Wolves as a, as a rivalry. Go on, no. I was going to say they've won song. Well, actually, sorry, I was, <laughs> I was, I was, I was, uh, I was corrected. They have two songs, and I'm not going to repeat what they are here. I can do it my own podcast, but uh, I'm not going to do it on, on somebody else's podcast. But yeah, it was just the same song over and over again. But they got behind their team, which is, and this isn't me yeah. giving out about Villa fans. Don't get me wrong. They they were up for this game, and their team were up for this game, and that's where I think the intimidation factor came from. Like, the potential for intimidation. Um, like, you look back at, at Newcastle versus Paris Saint-Germain, and I use this exact same analogy in, in, in our own podcast. Like, Newcastle's fans dragged them over the line against against Paris. Not over the line, so they won 4-1, but, like, it was an absolutely... Like, their fans were rabid. Like, like some of those Paris Saint-Germain... Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying you need to be like that every game, but, you know, Wolves fans were up for this game today. 
and the team fed off it in the early parts of the parts of that, that first half. And uh, up until they scored, and then up until we scored, and I think that completely knocked the legs out from underneath them. Um, mm. And that's not to say that, our, like, I'm not I'm not criticizing our away support. That's not what I'm talking about here. But what I am talking about is that the Wolves fans had their Sunday day out today, and all they it's got like was a draw for it. it. Yeah, and, and and all they got was a draw for it, and they got a draw in an absolute turgid game. You know, yeah. which we should have won because the way we finished, you know, um, Ollie Watkins, incredibly yeah. different, incredibly um, uh, unlucky to hit the post there. It was a difficult enough header uh, as well. But, you know, that's the way it goes at times for him. And that's the way it goes for us, you know, and to score two last minute again, winners. Yeah. And to score two last minute winners in a week is not Aston Villa. Like, it's just <laughs> not. That, that's the way they made the game. There's the time wasting, there's the, the the going down easily, and the persistent fouling and whatever else. Somebody in the comments said earlier uh, it was a, a foul every four point seven minutes. I don't yeah. know if that's just like a generalisation. Is that true? Yeah, foul every four point seven. Uh, I think Rachel had it up there. I think it was just it was an approximation. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen anything like that. I, I haven't seen it, but it it, it seems about right. Yeah, it probably it is. Let's just say it right. Let's say it is right. Because uh, yeah. that's the way it felt. But that, you know, that's the, what they wanted to do. It stopped Villa playing. Villa are a better side than Wolves as a collective. Yeah. So they're the home side. They've got the atmosphere behind them. They go one nil ahead and, and want to capitalise on that. So my point that I was going to make earlier, it was vastly important that Villa reacted in the way that they did and to, uh, to score whilst the Wolves fans are still singing about Villa mm. being rubbish for, for for to not repeat the the swear words for the, the family audience um, was nice. It was perfect time from from Torres to pop up at that time and shut them up because you don't want their home fans to get carried away with being one nil ahead yeah. and the whole forty minutes yeah. to play and it'd be difficult. Absolutely, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, that's a fair comment and a, and a great goal as you you alluded to earlier. A really good finish. Oh, Paul Torres's finish there was a, it was brilliant. Really good finish. Um, that and and look, uh, we we did like we did put a fire under us when they scored, um, and obviously that ball gets chipped in by Douglas Louise. I think comes back out to Ali Watkins. Ali Watkins puts a brilliant ball into the back post, and yeah. Torres's finish was excellent. I'm I'm happy for him. You know, we don't have enough goals come from defence or come from our centre halves. Usually, we're waiting for them to score from corners. There was something there as well in the comments previously about our our chance creation at corners is is poor. It seems it's poor to the naked eye anyway, um, you know, and um, albeit the Douglas Luis or Douglas Diego Carlos had a couple of chances against mm-hmm. against Strinsky during the week. You know, we don't usually tend to get those headers away from corners. And that is something that the club need to look at. That is something that the coaching staff need to look at because we get a lot of corners or we get our fair share of corners. I'm not going to say we get more than anyone else, but you know, we don't tend to, we like, we're back to, we're back to mid, mid two thousands Aston Villa where we do nothing from corners, you know? And uh, it's, it's, it's an area that, that the teams who can get something going from set pieces from corners will finish artificially higher than probably they should have. So it's something that the club, I'm sure the club are looking at, I'm sure they're doing absolutely everything they can to, to get better in, in, in offensive positions from corners. But, uh, you know, if we get something to click there, it's another another weapon to our ball because under Una Emery, we score goals. We score in every game, you know? So yeah. it's... um. It's it, you know to be able to get those goals from corners, those surplus goals, those bonus goals, essentially that will win us one or two games over the course of the season, will will definitely be the difference between finishing in Europe and not finishing in Europe. Yeah, I love the celebration as well. 
Partoris. Yeah. Really, really so enjoyed they. it, didn't they? Pounded the badge, yeah. giving it giving it big ones to, to, to the fans as well. Uh, nice yeah. to see a player come in, get his first goal and really look like he, he really enjoyed it and probably felt like he made up for the error of conceding mm. a couple of minutes before. Mm. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. And look, it was it, it, it was you know like I love the, I love when centre halves who aren't used to scoring score goals like that and they just go nuts because <laughs> that's the way it should be. Yeah, choreographed yeah. celebrations sometimes. Um, you know, some they look great sometimes, but sometimes the fellow who just goes absolutely bonkers after scoring a goal and runs away with elation. You know, there's that's that's the romance of football. So fair play to him. You know, fair play to to, to Pau Torres and hopefully hopefully that's uh, that he goes on to score four, five, six more goals this season and one of them yeah. from a corner. That would be nice. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, so we go into the international break then with uh, sitting in fifth place in the Premier League, which is um, great. You know, if you'd have offered me that at the start of the season, I'd have said, "Yeah, we're, we're on track for where where we want to be." Uh, there's an earlier comment from M Walski. Uh, if you'd said to me that we get ten points from Chelsea, Brighton, Palace, and Wolves, I'd been pleased, yeah. and I am onwards and upwards. And I agree, that's a great points return, isn't it? You've gone to Chelsea and won, you've you've battered Brighton, uh, you beat Palace as you would expect to, and you've got a point away at Molyneux, a place where you traditionally lose. I think we've lost five out of six or something there uh, over the last few games. So to go there and get a point from behind as well, obviously we're not behind for long, and we could have won it at the end with the chances we had. I have settled on the glass half full side of the argument. Oh, I definitely. I, I'm I'm ninety percent of the time I'm glass half full anyway, so I, I don't even need to clarify where I am in that one. Uh, usually, um, I I think look as I say we went there expecting another another result. We got second best. Uh, we yeah. didn't get third place because in third place in a game of football when there's only two teams means you've lost. So <laughs> um, you know it's uh it's one all as you say. You mentioned about those teams that we've played where we've one of our highest points totals after eight games um, in the Premier League in a long, long time. Uh, we're in fifth place in the league. We will be in fifth place in the league going into the going into the international break. And uh, I think you know there's, there's some of our players are going away on international duty. I don't think there's many of our players that are going to go away and play two games over the next uh, the next few few weeks. Um, yeah. But you know, like said, Diaby will be able to stay at home and rest up. Um, Douglas Louise, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't called up. Um, you know, so the, we're going to have the majority of our players here, albeit that I would like to have maybe Watkins around. Like, I, I know everybody who's clamoring for Watkins can't say everybody to be in the England squad. I'm very much uh, like, well, obviously, I, I'm, I'm an Irishman. Like, I'm an Irishman. It, it, I, I don't, it doesn't bother me. I want it for their own personal person accolades for sure. Don't get me wrong. I want them to, to feel fulfilled at Aston Villa, to feel the playing for Aston Villa can get them into the international team because God knows we've had enough people leave the club because they feel they need to get international recognition. And that's not the case at Aston Villa anymore. Um, but for me, you know, yeah, just having that, you know, I, I'm as Paddy said in our podcast, I'm hoping to see a couple of videos of people in Spain, maybe up until maybe about Wednesday and then maybe Wednesday, Thursday and then back home then for um for uh for inter for uh the training with Mr. Um and the and the 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 um the support staff there as well to get ready for West Ham um the week after next. I'm glad you said Mr. I really dislike that Mr. thing. I, 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 I do too. I don't know why I threw it in there. I don't understand. <laughs> it. It came after we signed Zaniola, wasn't it? I think it's an Italian thing primarily. There was a clip of Mourinho, one of his players in the week, and he said, grazie mister, at the end to Mourinho, okay. meaning like boss or coach or whatever. Villa have yeah. adopted it on their social media. Like, mister's made three changes. Yeah. Like, Ooh, makes me shiver a little bit. 
Uh, I think mm. the one thing that people would say about it being a, maybe a missed opportunity, for want of a better phrase, is the results around us today. And that's it. The, yeah. glass, the glass half full side is that we've not lost any ground to anybody. Glass half empty uh, side of things is that we've not gained ground. Brighton and Liverpool both drew. West Ham and Newcastle drew. Obviously, we've drawn as well. And that's Liverpool, Villa, Brighton, West Ham and Newcastle are fourth to eighth. Mm. So if we'd have won today, we would be in the top four and we'd have made two points on three or four teams there. But like I said, the glass half full side is that we've not lost any ground to those sides as well. So that's that's something yeah. at least. I yeah, if we'd won today, if, if we'd won today, we would have been in third place regardless. Uh, well, sorry, we would have been yeah. in third, third place. Yeah, third place regardless. Well, no, if Man City had lost today, we would have been in fourth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Man City Arsenal still play all that. That's kicking off now, isn't it? Or soon yeah. at least. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just one of those things. I'm not not massively annoyed about it it's, it's a game done there's some very winnable fixtures coming up for Villa West Ham Luton Forest so there's, there's points to be had there and Villa will get them I think uh, I just wanted to end with a, a little bit of a, a quiz almost just to test your knowledge a little bit Neil out of the blue there's a lot been made doesn't know about that Villa's record at Molyneux not being very good and we were talking about I was talking about this with my dad earlier like there's two very different sides there for Villa over the last few years that Villa were a side trying to be on the up and fighting off relegation and Wolves were got into the Premier League before us got into Europe had a lot of talented players and the two sides are probably or have changed places now that Villa are the, are the best club in the in the Midlands again at the moment so I just want to go back to a random game it's only random because I was there uh, it was one of the first games I was sent to when I started work for Reach it was the 10th of November 2019, Wolves away. Uh, Villa lost 2-1. Nuno was Wolves boss. Dean Smith was Villa's. Uh, Ruben Neves and Jimenez scored for Wolves and Trezeguet scored in the 90th minute, if you remember. It's just a, a terrible game of football. Mm-hmm. The whole thing about Villa not being good at, at Molyneux, like, oh, I'm kind of wary about the game. It's two very different sides, as I've said there. Like Villa have come a long way in such a short space of time. So I just wanted to see if you could guess how many players played that day are still at the club. This is only 2019, so it's only four years. It was not quite mm. four years yet, but so much. They actually they played they played today are still at the club. Um, like like is Tyrone Mings? Like am I counting Tyrone Mings? Tyrone Mings is one. Yeah, so he's still at the yeah. club. But obviously, he's not played today. Yeah. Uh, there are two more. Okay, Kanzem again. Yeah, Kanzem again. Yeah, so there's only yeah. three players that, that played. And if that I'm day, not mistaken, Kanzem was right back that day. Possibly. Uh, no, Frederick Gilbert started, according to uh, 11v11. So you've got Jed Steer, Gilbert, Mings, Concer, Target, Douglas Louise and McGinn, Dougie. El Ghazi, Trezeguet, Nakamba and Wesley. So nothing point to, to today's game, but just that we've come a long way in a couple of, in just a couple of years, really, and that Wolves were the side to emulate. They've got into Europe, they've got did, some exciting talent, and now that's, that's us. Did you say that was November 2019? Yeah, 10th of November. Do you know where I was on that day? Where were you? I had, I, I had whiskey up to here inside <laughs> my body that day, standing in the Muni lot in Cleveland, awaiting, waiting to go in to watch Cleveland against the New York Giants in wow. First Energy Stadium as it was at the time. And I was watching it on my phone at the, at the tailgate. Um, and literally, I was just sitting on a chair. And because I was the only Irish fan in the village, everybody was just bringing me glasses of whiskey. I felt like, I felt like a king. I'll be honest with you. I felt nice. like a king. But it was just when you said that, I went, yeah, I was watching it. I was, remember watching it on my phone somewhere and I couldn't think of uh, where I was. But So that's why I went. I remember. Where I was. 
Yeah. Yeah. Great, great memory. Speaking about <laughs> being full of whiskey, I saw the end of your podcast that you did just before you came onto ours and you were plugging your live show that looked mm. like you were, might have been full of whiskey that night, Neil, from, uh, from, from the clips you were showing. Do you just want to give a plug to that content and, and when that's coming out for people Thanks, who might be Dad. interested? Yeah, that, yeah. Thanks a million, Daniel. So we did a, a live podcast in Dublin, and we had some really cool guests at it. Uh, it was the, the 9th of September, just gone, and uh, we've gotten some of the footage back, and we're we're going to be releasing that over the course of the next few weeks. And um, the guys from Villa and Tour, Max and Simon, came over. Um, uh, we had Adam Slack from the Struts was there. Dan Bardell and Ian Taylor also came over as well. So we're going to be we're going to be sharing out that footage over the, over the international break. So if you guys are looking for some wholesome content that isn't time specific with regards to what's going on with Villa at the moment, because we just spoke to them about them and and there was some really really funny anecdotes and stories came out in it. Uh, if you fancy watching it, give us a follow and uh, and 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 we'd be delighted to to hear what you thought about it. But yes, there was quite a lot of bottles of Heineken just being pushed on the stage as we were um, as we were. Uh, we were presenting but it was my first time first time myself and Paddy had done anything obviously like that so the nerves mm. were were evident at the start but as the night goes on uh, it became uh, so it was like nearly two and a half hours then so it was um, wow. it, it was it was a long one but it was fun it was very much fun and we're, we're, we're proud of it and we're looking forward to, to seeing what other people think of it um, and it'll be released starting next Wednesday um, okay. yeah, so on our YouTube channel lovely stuff and there will be a link to your youtube channel in the description of ours so if you want to go and subscribe to neil who is such a lovely guy to help out with uh, our post-match show when i'm in a pickle uh it's very much appreciated a couple of plugs for our upcoming content just to end the show Uh, me and john will be back hopefully tomorrow for the monday show It is the international break and john's off this week but i'm pretty sure he's happy to have a chat for 45 minutes or so i think we're going to do like the player ratings of the season so far like kind of assess and take stock of of where we are so far Uh, and on thursday this week week we'll have a special kind of fun video which neil you're on as well so you'll be on our channel again this week uh, we played the bbc hit show would i lie to you with a villa twist and uh, i edited it yesterday and it's great there's so many funny stories in there uh, some are true some are false of course that's the name of the game uh, neil ty bracy and matt kendrick joined me for that one and it's a bit of an international filler episode something a little bit different so that'll be out this thursday and there'll be uh, a monday show tomorrow as well Uh, Neil, thank you very much for joining me on this one. We'll see you again on the channel later in the week. Thanks everyone for watching along live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you're listening on Spotify, leave us a five-star review. Um, As I said, we'll be back tomorrow. So get involved in the comment section on this one with any questions or comments that you want to put towards us. And uh, we'll try and answer them as best we can. Thanks everyone for watching and we'll see you tomorrow.